1: start with Craig. I told this joke before. And Tori.
0: Hello, Internet.
1: And Craig might be here later, so prepare yourself. Uh, we started with Good Thing. Dave, you're first.
2: Uh, <laughs> my Good Thing this week is a well-known composer of whom I know Tori is a fan. His name is Nobuo Uematsu, and you probably know yes. him as... The guy that composed pretty much every mainstream Final Fantasy uh not mainstream every main entry Final Fantasy game. Um, yeah, fantastic work. I don't really know anything about him outside of Final Fantasy, but and I, I've recently been listening to his work because I found it on uh, certain popular music playing uh subscription based applications, none of whom sponsor us, so I won't mention any names. But there's a I, I periodically I, I go into such program and look for old video game music. Like, ah what the heck? Why whatever. And I was actually looking for a remix of uh I don't even remember what song. I was looking for a remix of some song and it was i think it was a song from ff7 i was like oh wait a second like there's like every soundtrack from final fantasy 1 through 12 is here on this program and so a few days uh, i set my alarm to wake me up to rufus's welcoming ceremony which is a pretty fun one to get up to um but you know it still ends up getting snoozed and you know there's other tons of great retro video game music uh if if I like. I feel like they weren't there a year or two ago. They've recently been added, or at least recently been added added to the um to the U.S. playlist uh, because some of them are. I I knew were there, but were in Japanese. Like Phoenix, right? Uh, I I think doesn't actually have English titles, so good luck finding them. Uh you might find a playlist that has them. But uh, yeah, so uh, the Final Fantasy games, like I said, Mega Man one through. I don't know. I don't think Mega Man Nine is on there, but uh, like Mega Man one through six, I think seven and eight as well. And like, so like Capcom and Konami have a bunch of stuff on uh, like popular subscription-based music apps. So start looking for them, guys. They're starting to show up. And David Wise, you're slacking. Get get yourself on there. David Wise is on uh, these applications, but um, not his not his Super Nintendo stuff. Not his old retro stuff. Like, come on, come on, Dave. I want to hear, I want to hear Double Dare soundtrack through my phone without having to download them. Double Dare by David Wise. But my good thing this week is yeah, Nobuo Uematsu, and more so the fact that his music is very is more accessible than ever. Cool. Uh,
1: So my good thing this is some news that I just got today. I'm officially a Twitch affiliate. It's an extremely low bar. And I managed to get to the exact level of that bar. Yay.
2: <laughs> well, I was at 2.99 average viewers until I got that, that big host. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, yeah actually. congrats, man. And, and in fact, uh, it is largely due to multiple hosts from twitch.tv slash peebs, P-E-E-B-S.
2: Oh, cool! I knew that he—I knew that you were a fan of Peebs, and I knew that he like kind of knew who you were. Um, but I—I, I, you know, because he acknowledges you in chat and he like recognizes your name. But uh, that's cool, man. I've gotten um uh, raided by him once or twice, and uh, he's a—he's a wonderful streamer, and you know, he knows what's good, and he always hosts good streams. Wink. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> but yeah,
1: so I guess double good thing. I'm an affiliate now, and Peebs is a really fun stream. He also has a secondary stream of Peebs X. so the Peebs stream is just for the SNES challenge where he plays through every Super Nintendo game ever made, and then Peebs X is for other stuff.
2: Yeah, he's uh, making a push for partner, so he can't be streaming unless he has a chance of getting 75 plus viewers, so... If he wants to stream something and have his hardcore fans watch him, then his options are forget about partner, stream to an alternate. Yeah. And also
1: he was tired of the of the one joke because he does the, the SNES challenge anytime he plays something that isn't a SNES game, it's Oh, these graphics look great for the Super Nintendo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean, I can almost guarantee that partner push is the primary reason. <laughs> well, I'm guilty of the joke. <laughs> At least a couple times, but I'm not doing it anymore. Because he wouldn't he doesn't make like a it. new stream for that. He, the people are still gonna. Make that. Well, that's I don't know because the people watching the alt stream are gonna be his a uh, more hardcore fan base that knows that it's getting annoying. So they probably won't. But uh,
1: one of the uh, things he he streamed on the alt channel was Cyberpunk 2077, the PS4 version that he intentionally didn't get a patch for. So it's the <laughs> 1.0. It is it is as awesome. buggy as possible, and it is delightful.
2: Oh, yeah, that's the version that has Keanu Reeves in it. At one
1: point, he reloaded a save because the game crashed. And in this save, he was just floating in the air on his motorcycle. Not moving, just, just sort of hanging there. So he dismounts the motorcycle, falls 40 feet to the
2: ground and then shoots his motorcycle to make it remember gravity. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he shoots the ground and then steel pushes the bullets to lighten the fall. Nope. He he shoots his motorcycle to make it remember gravity,
1: and at 3.30 in the morning when I was watching this, it was the funniest thing that I've
2: ever seen. <laughs> it was so good. Anyway. I wonder, I wonder if Peeb streamed an Atari or NES game, if people would be like, like, make the opposite joke i don't know maybe but that's not important right now
1: because now it's tori's good thing
0: thank you Mm. my good thing this week is the we free men by terry pratchett that i recently reread and despite ostensibly being written for children Uh, that book holds up very well as an adult. In fact, I would say it's better now than it was the first time I read it more than 10 years ago. I'm going to go out
2: on a limb and say, ostensibly written for children is one of Tori's most favorite phrases.
0: Have I said it before?
2: No, it just sounds like something, it it just sounds very Tori, that's all.
0: Oh, okay. Well, um... But yeah, it's a great book about a young lady named Tiffany who, uh, her brother gets kidnapped by the Queen of the Fairies and she has to go to Fairyland to get him back. And she is aided in her quest by the We Free Men, which are a, a type of fairy. They are the Nackmack Uh they're, they're about two inches tall, they're blue, and they have red hair. And they steal anything that isn't nailed down, literally. And um, it's fun it's funny it's it's sort of a, a how to grow up book Tiffany has to uh, come to terms with her feelings about the world and her place in it and uh, it's the first book of a series about her and it's part of the Discworld series and it's also an excellent book
1: I it's one of a number of Discworld books that I've never read so my only interaction with with thena Mcfeegle uh is the one who is in Nightwatch, who I guess thought he used to be a gnome until he found out that he was actually a NACMACFL and he had like a dust that he could take over birds and fly them.
0: Uh yeah, there there are other Knacmac that uh take over birds and fly them. It's uh it's funny. They he when you first meet this one named Hamish, he uh dismounts the bird by jumping off as it's in midair and Tiffany's like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? And he's like, Oh, I'm fine. I hit my head. <laughs> he's got a hard head. Yep.
1: But yeah. Generally Discworld books are phenomenal. I just haven't gotten around to a number of them. Night Watch in particular, I would I would say is like as good as a book can be. I've read many books that are about that good, but I don't know that I've ever read a better one.
0: It's really good.
1: Uh so Dave, speaking of books that have been read you read a small part of one this week, and so did I, because I'm, ca- uh, uh, I'm caught up on the reading.
2: Uh, um, uh, yeah, My good thing this week is Nobuo Uematsu. He composed Final Fantasy, you guys. I know the joke you're trying to do, and Craig's not here to to play his part in it. What joke? Chapter 17. This week we read Chapter Nobuo Uematsu. What joke are you talking about? Is this comedy, you guys? I don't know what's going on. This is Infuse-Middy
0: i don't i don't think it's comedy
2: <laughs> uh whatever uh we started chapter part three of book bands of morning by brandon sanderson chapter 17 and 18 is someone streaming this? no oops what i'm an affiliate now i gotta i gotta protect my brand <laughs> no you you reach the level and then you can stream whatever you want but Like like how Willard used to only stream Link to the Past until he got partner, and then he's like, all right, I'm going to stream whatever I want now. All right, uh, part three, chapter 17, Bands of Mourning, Brandon Sanderson, go. Whom are you trying to convince, Mara? Wax was a <gasps> gentleman adventurer? Some letter. Did Marasi really just turn on that cube? The horses burst her bubble, and then parentheses I wrote, and I don't always read the parentheses. Sometimes they're notes for going over and what I want to talk about, but I'll read them this time. The parenthetical. Talk about allomantic physics here. All right. The cube buzzed. Next time, let's test the cube away from the coach. Cue laughter, fade to black, roll credit. It just really seemed like a cheesy 90-sit commenting. Worth 70. Uh, Oh, there's, here's an important bullet point for Craig, and he's not here. Because he likes math. Cubes have 16 diagonals. Think about it. The cube it is an alimantic signal booster. Kind of like the one my parents have for their Wi-Fi network. Or a grenade, sure, whatever, wax. Unaspected metal mines. Milan could be a talking horse. Stare stay. Spoiled tomato. Wayne finds his hat. Does Wayne always think in terms of bar food? Tripwire. What's inside the tent? Metal Gear! That's the end of chapter 17. They they found Metal Gear, you guys. They did it. Hang they on. Just, he didn't hide it. in a
1: cardboard box at all.
2: Right, because this is um this is the intro chapter where they need to take pictures of Metal Gear. You get to play it as Raiden after the part. <laughs> I say get to play as Raiden. It's the frigate section. Only the frigate is in the tent, not yeah, around. All right, so they're chasing down the set. Marassi is looking for Reeler Spike, and Wax is looking for his uncle and his sister. Uh, on the way to the tent, Marassi is playing with this mysterious cube that they found on the train that, 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 that uh, uh dropped on the train. And she also writes a letter. I don't know. She turns on the cube, and then she burns her cadmium, and it, like, jerks the carriage from when... The horses. Because the horses pull her out of the bubble or something. But I'm curious as to how the horses can exit. Wouldn't we say something about not being able to exit a time bubble? I mean, bullets can, but can horses exit a time bubble? Uh, Apparently, Apparently. if they get to the edge, they pop it. No, it didn't pop until they pulled Marasi to the edge.
0: My understanding was that uh, the horses were not in the bubble with her, and then she got pulled out of the bubble and forcibly burst it
2: right so i guess organisms can't exit a time bubble but objects can is that is that how it works i don't know we need craig no, here like for this.
0: like she got carried to the edge of the bubble and then when she hit the edge of the bubble it broke
2: uh craig would just make up some excuse like their horses were going really fast and the jerking motion of the horses forcibly pulled her out of the bubble you can't just walk into the bubble but if you haven't an external force that pulls you into the edge of the bubble, then it will pop. How long have you been sitting on that Craig impression? That is spot That's on. That's a great dude.
0: impression. Yeah, I love it.
2: I don't think I got the voice too down, but uh, I have known him for no, it, eighteen years. <laughs> it was it was absolutely.
1: I had to check our voice channel to make sure he hadn't shown up.
2: <laughs> hey guys, did we start yet? <laughs> It's me, you guys, um he'll never listen, to it. <laughs> all right, so we could ask him about it um next time we talk to him, but uh, yeah, I don't know, I' just I'm not saying that this isn't what would have happened, I'm just trying to gain insight on how the rules work because you know um i'm the I'm the person that Chris was imitating at the ball. <laughs> The, i'm the reddit person that's not allowed on reddit because of spoilers soon 10 soon i'm allowed on reddit i'm just not allowed on r slash cosmere cast man wouldn't it have been cool if craig had made that <laughs> uh i don't know we got a discord server although i don't know maybe it, it would if we had our own subreddit it would make it more accessible to people that read our reddit posts on r slash cosmere where is it r slash cosmere or brandon sanderson there's several that so like there's sense. there's definitely a an R slash
1: Cosmere. There's an R slash Mistborn, an R slash Stormlight Archive.
2: Wait, can I go to R slash Mistborn after this book?
1: No, you need one
2: uh Oh, secret history, right. You definitely Nobody need secret you might need that. Rhythm of War. Alright. I'll see you in ten years, Reddit. Alright, so she tries out the cube, blah blah blah, they're fiddling around with it, it'll switch inside. Find out that basically, like, it doesn't steal Allomancy, but it kind of, like, transfers it. It's kind of like, have you ever played Dungeons & Dragons? Have you ever heard of this game? All right, well, in Dungeons & Dragons, uh, you the, the people that you get to play as, they're called characters, and they're divided into different classes, and, well, you know, like, based on what kind of abilities they have. And one of them is called, I think I'm saying this right, Wizard, and wizards can cast magic spells, and certain magic spells, you know, are are based on like a certain range from the caster, and many of them are what they call touch spells. So you actually have to be in physical contact with the thing that you're casting the spell on. However, the wizard also gets a little animal companion known as a familiar. Usually it's like a it's a small animal, like a like a bird or a rat or a totally. And their touch spells can actually be cast through the familiar so rather than, you know, touching somebody to like affect them with a lightning shock spell or whatever, you can actually have your your toad familiar touch the person and transfer the spell through the toad familiar. That's what this is kind of like this cube.
0: What a wonderful explanation.
2: So uh they they find out by wax infusing a steel push into the cube and tossing it to Wayne and throwing it apparently is how it is activated. You use the Alamancy while holding the cube and then throw it to activate. So then there's a steel push emanating from the cube and it pushes Wayne's vials around or something. That's how they figure out how this works. You also and have really, to have flipped a switch. Yes, there's also a switch which uh is inaccessible with you know, with your finger. You'd have to like get in there with a pin or, or paper clip or something. Uh it's like Clippy's like, oh, I see you're trying to activate the element familiar. All right. And they're like, oh, our, hey, Marasi, you should hold on to this. It looks like Cadmium is finally going to be useful. And I'm like, it's always been used. You just aren't being creative. But this does uh, allow Marasi to use her Cadmium Bubbles offensively, which is pretty cool. But I don't know I don't know how long she actually has to burn it to charge up the cube but that's going to kind of put her at a disadvantage for a moment. Uh so hopefully you know the drawback doesn't uh, come back to backdraw on her. Hang on when she was holding the cube
1: in the carriage and burning her metal I don't think it actually created a bubble then. I think it was after. So the cube gets the burning.
2: I thought that it didn't. It didn't prevent you from actually using your power. It just kind of copied it. Like, because doesn't wax wax holds the cube, and then he burns steel and he's blue lines while he's holding it, right? Maybe I
1: need Craig here. Craig would. Craig would have some sort of explanation for this that I could then work off of.
2: I miss Craig, you guys. All right, we'll make a note to talk about this if he shows up while I'm still here. Uh. They also have this gold jewelry that they stole off of that What wax. It turns out Wayne is able to sense the uh, hit points within the gold mines and able to draw them out and heal from this foreign gold mine. So they kind of explained, you know, the possibility of making an unaspected metal mind, like by, by like removing the identity from the gold mine or something, or like having the person, having the person. No, ferrochemically store identity, I think it was, so that they're not, so that it's going into like a blank uh, metal mine. That since it has no identity, it can be used by anybody that can normally tap into that type of metal. So, Wax is not able to sense the Gold mine or heal from it, but Wayne is. So, ah, someone's learning how to use two different ferrochemical powers at once, it would seem. All right, I get there. They get to oh, so there's like a roadblock, so they need to sneak into like this big tent. There's a bunch of a bunch of darmed guards around. Sarah stays behind. And she's like, okay, and Wax is like, okay. She's like, yeah, okay. And then there's this plan called Spoiled Tomato, uh, where uh, Wayne pushes Wax like into the middle of the camp, and Wax um, forgot to close a ketchup bottle, so he squirts ketchup everywhere. That's why it's called Spoiled Tomato. And then he uses his gold mines to heal the catch up bottle. And then Wayne finds his hat. Uh some guard trip over an electrical cord, turning off the lights for a moment and allowing the rest of the team to, to catch up. Uh, so they've got like these big floodlights pointing outwards so that the actual area where their base is, pretty dark, but uh hard to get. So like once they get past the perimeter of light, they're you know, relatively not as easy to spot. So they they make it inside the tent, and it's a big boat called Metal Gear, is what I called it. So it is called Metal Gear by me, but for now, all we know is it's a big boat. Or, as uh, as Wayne puts it, a blank big boat. Oh, uh, Quick question. Yeah. Do you happen to have a list of the uh, other, like the
1: names of the other plans that they were talking about? plans yeah like one was the spoiled
2: tomato and that's what what they went with but they listed like two Uh, or three others oh yeah there's a whole bunch of funny names for all of their plans you know they've been working together for what 10 to 20 years or something so they have all these schemes and protocols and plans and they have code names uh no i did not write down a list dang i also don't have one handy if we
1: did i have have a book here if we did i was gonna ask you to Try to come up with what those names actually mean as plans.
0: <laughs>
2: I thought about doing that, but didn't really have time. Well, let's just do it now. What is this? This is like right at the end of chapter seventeen, right? Close to the end of seventeen, yeah. I have my book handy. Okay, this is before we get to armed soldiers. All right. Oh yeah, he comes up with Black Watch Double Stomp, which is the same as Spoiled Tomato, <laughs> but he just kind of wants he wants to use the name. Blackwatch double stomp. All right, so we have got Fielder. It's too dark, so you know they cause a distraction by shooting their guns, but the flash from the guns will they won't be able to throw the sound of the gun because people will just see the flash because it's too dark. Tuberun no glue. Uh, that's like boiled tomato, but they use glue instead of alamancy. I don't know. I can't come up with stuff. I don't, Do you? Do you think Brandon knows? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Did somebody asked, him? This is the kind of thing that comes up in an AMA, I'm sure. No, this is belt. this is him
1: rewriting that one scene from Ocean's Eleven. Oh, Ocean's Eleven.
2: Nah, I don't know. Fat belt. Black swatch, double swatch. Stomp. Nah, yeah, I don't know. Any questions about Chapter 17? Nope. Do you feel bad for the guard that Wayne blamed unplugging all the cords on? Yeah, a little bit. All right, let's keep going. Chapter 18. Oh, we got Limpman, Engineerman, Irish, Dancy, Dan Alk, Professor Yavy. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Where are the masts? Someone's sister is here. Wayne has an idea. Uh, so they run into the Marassi. Oh, so, oh, so Marassi and Milan are going off to look for the spike while Wax and Wayne go to look for the uncle. Morassi and Milan... Find that dude what had a cane on the train, and he's like, kind of like the head lackey of the set here, and some kind of science boy. His name's Irish. A bunch of other people, and he's just talking about how, like, how old he is and how he's gonna die soon. Actually, is it that he's all he like? He's old, and that's like, or is it just? Is it implied that he has some sort of disease? I got the impression that Uh, I thought he had
1: a disease, like a specific disease. Because he talks about, like, the doctor
2: describing the way that he's likely to die. Yeah, like, he'll suffocate one day when his yeah. lungs decide to suffocate him. Yeah. Yeah, could be. But it, he seems to be looking for some sort of cure, but he might also just be looking for a cure of death or cure of old... Oh. I'm not sure. I or thought... some way to, like, transfer his... Some way to, like, Professor X himself into some other form. I thought the thing he was specifically looking for was... Like the thing that
1: Wax and Wayne were just talking about of, you know, in a gold mine that anyone could use.
2: Maybe an ATM mine that anyone use. Oh <laughs> Like the Bands of Mourning, perhaps. Wow. So he's old. I'm gonna say he's old and he's looking for the bands of mourning and hoping that he'll be able to uh he'll be able to tap the bands of mourning for you. Um we do know he does burn uh chromium apparently right i don't actually remember him burning anything but i could be wrong he he threw the cube at wax and it drained wax's steel reserves right i'm pretty sure this is a different guy than the dude that was on the train oh irish is a different guy yeah i'm not sure they definitely ran into train cane dude but irish you know this this section is written from irish's perspective and he mentions kind of like going away from this project to go on a train. It's, I actually wasn't sure if if Irish was train guy or not. But then I thought, oh, he t- talks about being diverted to go onto a train. So I guess it was. But I don't know. At any rate, um, I'm... I- whether Irich is the same guy or not, I'm going to take a guess and say he's looking for the Bands of Mourning so that he can tap their youth. Whether or not he's actually a Farookamist, maybe they'll find some way for a non-Farookamist to tap into these unaspected metal mines. I don't know. Um, as for the ship itself, it I'm going to guess that it's some sort of spaceship, not like a boat. Uh, wax You're, makes the... Hold up. You're right about Irich. He was on the train. Okay. So... That being the case, if he's the same cane dude that was on the train, then he burns chromium, right? Throws the cube at Wax. Or he has someone else who burns chromium that prepped the cube for him. Yeah, that could... guess we we didn't try to figure out how long the cube can hold an Allomantic charge. Well, if that's... if Actually, if that's the case, then if Morasi could pre-charge it well in advance, uh, that would be a lot better for combat usage. She's a time mage now. Yep, she can cast slow two <laughs> or slow guh if you're you know new. If you're if you're playing one of the remastered versions, if you're playing the GBA version, actually I don't I don't remember if GBA. If you're playing the the PSP version, I don't know whatever. Uh, yeah, so that's that's this guy, and he's winding his own business and. Out of one of the storage compartments, he finds he finds what he thinks to be another one of these Allomantic cubes. He's like, "Oh, there was another Allomantic cube that I thought we searched all the storage compartments, but it just this just fell out of one. Lucky me, I'm not gonna get in trouble anymore. But uh, he'll be in trouble sooner than he thinks." And then cut to Wax and Wayne, and they they're on like the the top of the ship. Or like that, or maybe like they came in when the way they came in they got like an overhead view. Three, two, one. So Wax and Wayne get a bird's eye view of the ship. I don't know if it's down low or if they're up on a catwalk or something, but Wax makes note that there are no masts, so you know, oh it's it's not a sailing ship. Uh he also doesn't see any evidence that masts were broken off. He's saying, Oh, what's fueling this ship? Is it gasoline? Is it something or other? Maybe they use Alamancy to they use Alamancy to fuel trains, right? why not ships is it 1.21 gigawatts or gigawatts is it gigawatts or gigawatts uh a gigawatt is a real life measure of power gigawatt spelled g i i think they actually i think the script actually spells it g i g o watt like it's spelled wrong in the script so it's a made up unit of power Thanks for back to the... mr fusion anyway i think it's not a watership at all i think it's a i think this is a spaceship that crashed on their planet intentionally or no i can't guess but i think this is a spaceship this is where they're getting technology Trillium, whatever else and stuff and oh yeah there's more so wax looks through the spyglass to see what his uncle is up to and lo and behold there's his sister uh i didn't write down her name because i can remember Telsen. it Telson. i knew i could remember it if mike reminded me so he sees Telson through the telescope and he's he's about ready to take these um th- he's about ready to drink his steel flakes and go and bust in there. I guess now's a good time to mention the fact that they have uh they have seekers or presumed to have seekers, which is why they're not using Allomancy. To s- <laughs> um haven't heard anything about Seekers for like three books. So I don't remember Seekers ever coming up in Era two at all. I'm sure they maybe men, but no, I don't, I don't think, think there so. were any obvious presence seekers. It just,
1: I guess, isn't that big of a deal these days.
2: Well, yeah, because everyone's just using Allomancy everywhere, right?
0: Yeah, they don't have to be in hiding.
2: Yeah, they're not hiding from the inquisitors, right? But that's kind of curious because wouldn't they want to have a seeker that could detect uh that they could detect, um, you know, emotional alamancers? Maybe they've lost the art of discerning different pulses, like like Marsh used it before he was the Inquisitor. I think maybe no one knows how to do that anymore. Not that useful. Well, there's also
1: the fact that you can just line a hat with aluminum and no emotional alomancy works on you anymore.
2: But aluminum way more expensive than bronze. But I was thinking more kind of like a, an investigator that was going, like the like the taxi cab people, like they had emotional alomancers stationed to make people want to buy rides home, right? Like they're not allowed to do that. Okay. So, Having a seeker to determine whether or not they're doing that would be pretty useful. If you can't afford
1: a thin foil of aluminum to line your hat with, then you're probably not someone who needs to be that worried about being emotionally alimented.
2: We do know that uh, Vin used emotional alimanty because of the metal flakes that she ate off of the fork. Yeah. And the, dirty, and the minerals in the dirty water. Yeah, and she drank from a pewter mug. <laughs> No, that was boot. No, that was tin.
1: No, she drank from a pewter mug before she found out she was an alchemist. That was how she could survive getting beaten nearly to death a bunch.
2: Ah, oh, I didn't realize that. That makes sense.
1: Which is lucky for her because I'm pretty sure pewter
2: is not great to have in your body. <laughs> so what you're saying is Kimono actually saved her life by beating her up? Maybe? Because otherwise I don't know. she would have died of pewter poisoning, right? Um anyway, Beating people up's bad. Don't beat people up, guys. So <laughs> Wax is all ready to, to swallow his steel and go in there guns blazing. And Wayne is like, hey, mate, it's pretty scary that I'm the one that has to talk some sense into you. But I got an idea. And we're going to chasm hang on this idea and find out exactly what's in store for Wax, Wayne, and the set next. Yeah, this was this was a tough one for me to
1: stop at. I really wanted to just, you know, keep going to the next chapter, but I was strong.
0: Good job, everybody.
2: I did it by not finishing my reading until an hour before. Once again, procrastination has become the best plan. Uh, so
1: yeah, do you have anything for us that hasn't been mentioned already? I can't think of anything. I mean, still no Craig. It would have been really handy to, to have him show up here right now. Now he didn't show up. Dang it.
0: arm.
2: Hey, guys. It's me, Craig. No, it's me again. I'm
1: sorry. I've you did fool me. Fool me once. I have Shame impressed. on you. Fool me twice. That's a really good Craig impression. That's how the saying goes, right? Yeah, I think so. Yay. That's how I always heard it. Okay, then. Actually, before we D dave ourselves, Tori, do you have anything for spoiler time, or should we, just, should we just have it be an episode?
0: I don't have anything for spoiler time, no.
2: I don't really either, so yeah. Well, I get to listen to Traveling Gillicuddy's. Yay. Yes, you do. All right. Bye, everybody.
0: Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.